co-host Aaron Lanton followed next. Your next co-host coming down the audio, well, audio, the podcast line. We got Keith Denny. How's it going, sir? What's happening? How's it going? Yeah. Pretty good. And third, you just heard over there, our other host, Tim Malloy. How's it Boo. going, sir? Hello. 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 And today, where did we start? I don't know where the recording started. Were we talking about getting rid of stuff on social media? Yeah. Um, no, we, we were talking about um, reading our first <laughs> 10 tweets. Let's just start it from here. Can we yeah. start it from here? Yeah. All right. So... We can let y'all hear the bloopers beforehand, and we'll act like everything was all kosher. Okay, so today we're going to talk about social media and how things from your past in social media can come up. Uh, and for this in particular, recently we've had James Gunn, who was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He is now being fired after some uh, tweets to come up from uh, not so long ago, but pretty, pretty. Uh, of, uh, yes, yes. Oh, I wish we had some sound effects there. Uh, also, uh, Josh Hader, who uh, had some homophobic and racist tweets. He is a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he was given a standing ovation in the first home game after those developments. So, um, we're also going to put ourselves on blast a little bit. Uh, we're going to be reading for you guys the first 10 tweets. Uh, well, at least Tim and I will be doing that. Somebody's completely off social media. Okay. <coughs> So he won't be able to share his embarrassing uh, social media moments. Oh, but uh, that's what we got planned today. Maybe we'll detour a few other things. But uh, I think it's going to be a good conversation. Yeah. Um, I think Keith has the right approach. Don't ever <laughs> tweet anything. Uh, get off Twitter. Don't read things on Twitter. No more Twitter. I <laughs> Every time I do it, I regret the time I spend on there. Yeah, uh, by the way, one of your recent tweets, uh, I wonder what, what made you so so terse at that point. Uh, National Geographic sent him something. Uh, I don't even remember what it was. Did, uh, it was something to like... Yeah, here's, here's what happened. I wake up this morning, I have this package that's been sitting on the kitchen counter that I haven't opened for a long time. Um, I'm in a TV Critics Association, and for some reason people send me tons of like swag and bribes like t-shirts and like different items from their tv shows i never want them and this one just blew like one of the reasons i don't like it is because like they spend all this money on shipping they spend all this money on cardboard they just waste a lot of money to like send me something that i don't want um clutters up my house i recycle it bad for the environment environment you know shipping it is bad for the environment so today i finally opened this one and i was in a really bad mood because my dog was sick and like he just peed somewhere um, <laughs> I but, love the um, background. But uh, I I open this thing up and it's this glass bottle, like not even like a nice glass bottle. It's like it's just a glass bottle. And then there's this little card that says, basically, we all need to pull together to stop using plastic bottles. And plastic bottles do such and such amount of harm to the environment. And you know we're great people. Here's your here's your glass bottle. Carry this everywhere you go. And of course, it has a National Geographic logo on it. And then they send it in this like carton of cardboard, and it's like, how bad was this for the environment? I mean, yeah, if you're so up on the yeah. environment, how much did it cost to ship all this? So I tweeted this thing that was like, here's the here's a picture of the cardboard they used to ship me this piece of glass that I didn't want. Um, please stop sending this stuff. Uh, amen. I haven't actually seen if there's any response to that tweet. It's another tweet that I already regret. I got to say, it was one of the funniest things I saw on social media this month. So, I'm happy it exists. If you choose to delete it, it's fine. It's not like, you know, uh, I mean, do do they have a, um, any extremists for National Geographic that'll create a bunch of bots <laughs> go after you? I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. I never really understood Twitter, like, you know, outside of business, like, like the personal tweet. So maybe y'all can explain it to me. Like, cause I've never tweeted anything on Twitter. Well, I've never really been on Twitter outside the podcast and Facebook. I never really, I never put up comments and I don't know. I, You're the I, kind of you that they hate. And you know what? It might be because I have a journal. Now, I don't know if everybody else has a journal, but. If somebody got a hand in my journal, then I'd be in prison. This is a teenager. <laughs> They're going to be like, this guy is fucked up. 
So oh, this like, is a teenager not... listening to this podcast going, what the is a journal? That's what I'm saying. So I feel like I feel like the stuff that I put in a journal would not be the same things that I put on social media. Because, I never realized how ugly the word was until we've said it. Well, journal. That, yeah, it so might be. Time, it might bro. just because of how I'm saying. It. I, I, I feel. But well, um, I say journal too. But whatever. <laughs> diary, journal. I write in it like Doug every night. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all these old ass references. If you are younger than 21, you have no clue who Doug is. If you younger than 21, <laughs> you probably not listening to this. I mean, probably not. <laughs> you probably not. This is not your show. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, um, speaking of Twitter, so so you guys, y'all gonna go through all ten of them, or we gonna start with? Um, oh, we gonna start with our tweets before we had a larger conversation. We can't. Let's have a larger conversation first. I mean, I don't mind being embarrassed before we jump into that, so you can see my shame. But yeah. uh, but yeah, all right. Let's let's, let's, let's do it like that. Um, so. Tim, do you mind uh, kind of giving us uh, oh foundation for for <laughs> oh uh, James Gunn? Just not not just I can get I will read the tweets. You just kind of you know lay out the yeah. J- the James Gunn J- James Gunn made a lot of jokes that were really bad jokes that mentioned like rape and pedophilia, and the I think these jokes were of the school of joke that is like designed to be offensive. Like, you know, Gilbert Gottfried is really good at this type of joke. And, like, Sarah Silverman is really good at this type of joke. Like, it is designed... The joke is how offensive the joke is. Um, James Gunn wasn't... Didn't really have the comedic touch to do this. And some people obviously would say that neither do Sarah Silverman and that Gilbert Gottfried aren't good at it either. That they're just offensive. That's fine. Um, But James Gunn clearly misfired on a couple of these by his own admission. Um, and he says that he's now evolved and, you know, didn't think, doesn't think that these are funny and regrets them. Um, but, you know, he, he really played with comedic fire by making jokes about pedophilia and rape, even though, of course, he's not actually advocating either of those things. Yeah, and it's, uh, some of them are just super weird. Um, like, one, man, it's, I don't even feel right reading all this while recording, but here's one example uh, that, didn't hit the mark. Uh, this hotel shower is the weakest ever. Felt like a three-year-old was peeing on my head. And this one's just weird because it's like, how'd your brain even get there? But um, clearly, I'm saying clearly. Look, he he said he meant it as a joke. I, you know, we got to take him at his word for that. It's not a good joke. Uh, I mean, that I don't know if that's the one that got him fired. I mean, he made a joke about about Nambla at one point. Yeah, he has Nambla jokes. There's, um, let's see. So Okay, so here, here's one that, that definitely doesn't help. The Expendables was so manly, I F the S out of the little P boy next to me. The boys are back in town. Uh. Um. Yeah, you know, they kept playing that. I think for the first one, that was like the, um, you know, the boys are back. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, so it's, that, it's a, that, just, that just ruined the boys are back in town. Song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a classic song. Yeah, so, that's another, yeah, he's ruining other media for us. Like, Bo- damn boys it. are back in town is funny for, like, any occasion, except that. Yep, I, you know, whatever. I mean, um, my other my other thing about James Gunn, he's not a comedian, right? Oh, that's a good. I, I, well, I, mean, I just I, mean, I just I, finished I, looking him up, and I don't see anything that says that he's a comedian. Now I know he directed yeah. movies that were generally supposedly funny, um, but I mean, so if if I see Sarah Silverman post some tweets like this, or um. Any any other comedian post something, I'd be still like, oh, that's that's pretty messed up. That's pretty offensive. But at the same time, I'd be thinking like, they're, they're comedians, right? So, yeah, the definition of a joke is that it's not meant to be taken seriously. Like, yes. Yeah, but but it's like, yeah. but but there's it's different when the joke is coming from a clown. Yeah, when it's coming from a person that's like, I'm not sure if you're serious or anything, man. Like. <laughs> You know, well, so it's a whole different thing. Like, it's some stuff that a comedian can say on, on a stage that, like, 
a normal person like a person like myself can't walk up and say the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? absolutely. And so that's that's what kind of strikes me as weird about it. Like, first off, why are you even telling the fucking jokes? Like, do you even have the platform to to be somewhere where you tell the same jokes and people be like, ha ha ha, that's funny, and then go on Twitter and tell these jokes? You see? Well, you know, and one of the things, you know, I think the thing that's interesting about this because it's like, okay, so what what is it about things that are in your past that that can get you in trouble? So, like. Let's say James Gunn is doing a movie for, well, I was about to say for Fox, but Fox just got bought by Disney, so let me use a different example. Uh, Let's say he was doing a movie uh, for, let's say. It's not not official, but they're close enough. Yeah, so so let's just say, um, I just want to use a different big friend. Let's say, you know what, let's say it's something like uh, Tomb Raider. I'm just making this up, right? And let's say for some reason Tomb Raider in this universe is a huge big deal. Um, and you see this tweet that says, and, and this is from him. I'm, I'm reading verbatim one of the other ones. Honesty is the best policy. Tell your three-year-old you're laughing. Think of me effing 3PO. He'll appreciate it when older. Now, if he were doing something, you know, that was not Disney related, not a big deal. But since Star Wars also is now a Disney property, it's just so happens some of these things are getting wrapped up in things that it, the company hired him for this for this movie, uh, in this case, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 3, that it's a big deal. A uh, bigger deal than it might have been otherwise for people who are, you know, at the uh, executives for Disney. Um, I don't think that helps. One, one of the people who, who dug up and promote, or not dug up, but who helped spread the word about these old tweets by James Gunn is a guy named Mike Cernovich. He's this like mm-hmm. right-wing provocateur conspiracy theorist who has his own history of tweets about rape that are, I would urge people to just go read them. I mean, they're on a story on therap.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I think many people would find them very offensive. And he hasn't really gotten any blowback for this because he doesn't have a corporate power over his head. I mean, he doesn't work for Disney. He doesn't work for Fox. He doesn't really have a big corporate job to lose. Um, and James Gunn obviously does. I mean, Disney's brand is, you know, child safe. And so it's kind of like exactly the wrong company to work for to have these kinds of things blow up. And I, and I, to your point, though, too, uh, considering who, who the, the messenger is uh, and his provocative style, does it matter who is is kind of pushing uh, for people to to take action when they see offensive tweets? Like, does it matter that it's this guy? Would it have been less of a big deal if it were a prominent progressive, say, for example? Well, it's interesting that you. It's interesting who is offended by these tweets. Like, I I didn't see a lot of people. Um, Unless I'm mistaken, I didn't see a lot of victims' rights organizations or anything like that saying James Gunn is a huge threat to the children of America. I mean, there, yeah. there's an, a lot of times when these old tweets get unearthed, there's an opportunistic aspect of it where people are trying to make somebody else look bad, and whether it's on the left or the right. I just think, honestly, it was just it's just stupid on, on his part. But maybe, I guess, maybe he forgot that he put the tweets up that were years, what was it, five years ago? It was longer than uh, five these years. These are like 2009, 11, 10, uh, 12. Oh, he went a couple years doing this shit. But I mean, that's <laughs> it's kind of like if I was working for Fox News, for example, for whatever reason, somehow, some years down the road, I'm working for Fox News. I would have to take some of this shit down, like the podcast stuff. I can't be working for them, <laughs> and yeah. they and they find me talking all this. Um, I don't know what type of talk, but you you get what I'm saying. They're gonna be like, mm-hmm. hey, I, they'll find they find this podcast though. They like, oh yeah, Keith, we are gonna have to let you go. Mm-hmm. We thought you was one of us, and it's just, I don't know. Like it is it is kind of kind of weird that you wind up working for the House of Mouse, 
and you had tweets like this in your past and something you then tell you to delete these tweets. I feel like we should really just go ahead and start the company, though, that deletes your bad tweets for you. That's like, a good it idea. Exist. I mean, apparently it doesn't, man. Like, no, I mean, well, Ryan Johnson just got rid of 20,000 tweets. Maybe he just made the company. He's like, I ain't taking no chances. I work for Disney, too. Man, look, it ain't going to be nothing but marketing on this page from here on out. I'm going to just use my little... Uh, what's it called? Oh, what's it called when you got a oh a burner account? Just use my burner account to say what I feel like saying. But this official one, Mm-mm. nothing <laughs> but marketing, baby. I don't know. I guess in my mind, like you know, jokes are jokes, but some stuff need to be off limits. I think children, I think pedophilia and rape need to be off limits. That's just my opinion. Like you can even say like you know, those jokes like little racial jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, they offensive, but children and rape, man, it's taking it too far. Well, let's uh, let's take another uh, look at um, an example that actually does involve race as well as homophobia. Uh, so that, that, in that case, that would be uh, the man we mentioned before, Josh Hader, who is a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, doing the MLB All Star Game. Uh, some tweets surfaced. It's not really clear how, but uh, or you know what made them immediately come up. But once they hit people's uh, feed, there was no stopping it. Um, he has some really crazy stuff in here. He's twenty four year old, a twenty four year old man now. Uh, at the time, he was seventeen. Uh, this is like two thousand eleven. A lot of these tweets, some of them a little more recent, but some of them include some pretty quick ones like. Uh, I hate gay people, uh, and that's verbatim. Uh, some of them I can't just straight up read um, verbatim. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one I can say. Uh, At wow. one point, he just tweets the word KKK, right? Yeah, it says KKK. Uh, one of them, wow, hi, nah, who am I getting? I was a little N-word, N-word. Um, suck my... Cock, I'll murder your family. It's just a lot of really weird, all over the place things. Um, and the thing that was so funny, so he comes out, he gives you know the the typical, hey, I was a kid, all that. Then they go to his black teammates who just happen to be adult. Well, I mean, they they earned their way to all star game, but they were in the locker room. People come ask them stuff, and then it's all always annoying about this kind of stuff when you're a public figure, like on a team. So is the you know, a black person, they want to hear what you say. But if you were to say, I'm really mad at my racist-ass teammate, anybody trying to hear then they're going to be mad at you. So you got to be all magnanimous. Be, oh, well, I forgive him. He's a good dude to me, all this kind of shit. Yeah. Knowing what you really want to say is he messed up and, you know, he need to sit in his bed and lay in it. But uh, what was interesting, the first game back for Josh Hader, uh, again, member of the Milwaukee Brewers, one of the in Milwaukee being one of the most segregated cities in America. Uh, he returns from the dugout, uh, starts hitting the mound, and as he's going out there, he gets a standing ovation uh, from a good portion of the stadium. Um, and not everybody stood, but that ain't saying a whole lot. I mean, he didn't – he's not a martyr. He didn't go through anything that was, uh, you know, not of his own doing. And he – you know, showed himself to be a real asshole. Um, I mean, and that that is being very kind, putting it that way. But to get a standing ovation, it's an interesting thing, as you were talking about, Tim, the difference in, in you know, depending on what we're talking about, who gets mad about it, and what the appropriate action is. And, oh, he got no suspension, no nothing for that, by the way. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, what is the where is the line in terms of age and in terms of time? I mean, like, yeah. how many years ago can you tweet something for it to be like, oh, well, that was X number of years ago. Never mind. And what age is the cutoff? I mean, is it like this is the Bill Cosby argument, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, with stuff that's criminal, I feel like it's somewhat simple, and there's a statute of limitations. You're like, yeah. this is still prosecutable. Uh, he was still prosecuted. Um, he's convicted. It's a little bit easier in the criminal justice system than in the court of public opinion. Because well, I mean, public I mean, opinion, it's like... Well, the court of pu- a public opinion tends to... This isn't really true legally in a lot of cases, but 
for because again we're talking about criminal action but when you're talking about the court of public opinion and the way women women were treated by men and the drug use and what the accepted drugs of their period uh especially considering when he did his spanish fly routine bill cosby did as a stand-up comedian the whole crowd's laughing you know you give a you know you put this in a drink she goes ah you know like people thought it was hilarious you know or even how um we had charlemagne the god recently has something come up where he had done some podcast. I, I think people are probably trying to come at him right now because he got some deal, some TV show getting ready to come out. But he had done his podcast a while ago. He talked about how he slipped some in his wife to, to be's drink, like the first time they were together. And it was her first time doing anything um, sexually. Well, not doing anything sexually. She lost her virginity to him. According to him, she said she lost her virginity when he slipped some of her drink the first time. Before the first time they had sex, he drugged her. She lost her virginity that way. Was she married? Really right? Well, I've never heard that. Yeah. I, no, I mean this what, was, what it, is, it was interesting because it came up and then like almost no one talked about it. Like so, this was like a, maybe like a week ago. It was like hip hop culture people were, were chatting about it a little bit but it was mostly hush hush and you saw some people on twitter talking about it but for the most part it didn't blow up like people really didn't but chat it about it but a lot of it was like how he was talking when he was discussing he said that'd be considered rape today uh yeah he said <laughs> it should like, it, it, it should have been considered rape then um, exactly exactly <laughs> like bro like it's always but 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 at i mean the same time but we're talking about that. I think that happened like in the early nineties. What so we're talking about with Cosby's like even earlier than that, and a lot of people in all kind of stuff. Now, again, I'm not saying all that to say any of that stuff is okay. But for example, looking at Josh Hader, what Josh Hader was saying, this was 2011. It wouldn't have been okay to be saying that stuff out loud. But he oh, okay. Did. I, I, I'm seeing that. Uh, I don't know that he drugged her, but that she was extreme. He says she was sloppy drunk and passed out at his mom's house. If you listen to that thing, like you both said, they both kind of were like messing around with stuff, you know. Uh, oh, he he says, I asked you yesterday, did I rape you the first time we ever had sex? And she goes, I mean, in hindsight, yeah. That's an uh, article in Essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, people wanted to show us we can put it in there. I mean, like there there is like a a clip of it. Now again, people always say if you listen to the whole conversation, that'll contextualize it. But I mean, he says what he says. Like it's. <laughs> You know what I mean? And again, he he's being Charlemagne, speaking honestly and just whatever. Uh and, and without a filter, and that's that's why he's popular with people. But, you know, um th- that's the way he views it. And I think that's the way a lot of people view it. It's almost like when you're young, it's not even just like the time and, and the way culture changes, but when you're young, people almost like take the way because you're impulsive and because you're just doing stuff or whatever. You're not going to be held accountable in the same kind of way. Mm. That's I mean, the argument I feel like a lot of people make. Like it's it's a different yeah. argument than the culture argument, but the age thing is like, well, you were young back then, therefore we give you, um, you know, some leeway on doing that, given the age you were at the time. I I understand why this story got a lot of attention. Let me put it that way. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think I think stuff that would be classified as a crime is different than things that people tweet. No, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, statute of limitations where there's an actual legal issue is different than the statute of limitations in public opinion, where it's sort of up to us whether we're still offended by something. I read a good article the other day in Box about Mel Gibson and how Mel Gibson has come back, and Mel Gibson is, is a guy. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar, and this uh, is a guy who said that, yep, yep, and he okay. said he made the comments he made about Jews. He, you know, got the DUI, which I guess is the least problematic of these things in some ways. He told an ex like she deserved to be raped by a quote pack. Oh yeah, of, of N words, which somehow yeah. everyone seems to have forgotten. Oh, um, I ain't forgotten it. Yeah, I, I mean, he said some amazing stuff, and he was nominated for an award a few years later. So it's like people do forget, and people do 
people do let let these folks come back. You know, what about this R. Kelly? Uh, I have not listened to this stupid ass nineteen minute song. But have y'all heard about this? I'm not gonna listen to any nineteen minute song. <laughs> well, yeah. there's that too, unless it's Andre. And I was disappointed he put out that long song. So I think I'm I'm done with that. Right, the longest bit. song I'm listening to is Meatloaf. I would do anything for love. Uh, but man, I won't. Do there's that. a lot of Stevie Wonder hits. I'll <laughs> let the long version go. There's some uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You can pull out Frank Ocean's Pyramids. I can Pyramids is long and good. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a lot of good long songs. A lot of prints like that. Um, whatever. Purple I, Rain can go as long as it wants. Voodoo um, Child can go as long as it wants. Um, Isaac I'm, Hayes, um, Foolish Pride, Walk On By. That's oh, ooh, yes. That's okay, anyway. <laughs> hey, all right, we, we, we can go on that all day. Um, what were we talking about? R. Kelly. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, I'm not listening to R. Kelly stuff. Um, if I'm going to give up on Kanye, I can definitely give up on R. Kelly. It's not that hard. Step in the Naval <laughs> Love is not that good. And neither is Ignition Remix, none of that. Or oh. I'm, and that contagious had me in, in you know trapped in the closet. I, I'll deal. I just you know it's in my no, head. No, that song when you talk about going half on the baby, that's my song. I ain't gonna listen to this day. What's the name <laughs> of the damn song? Yo, I'm not gonna tell you. You're supposed to not be listening to R. Kelly anymore. No, I ain't. I'm this old old R. Kelly. I'm not saying it because I don't need people to say. I don't <laughs> want to have a boondocks moment on your ass like we in uh, think, R. Kelly. I think I think you can listen to songs by controversial artists before they did the thing that made them controversial. Exactly. Uh, no, <laughs> I listen to Kanye now. Everything is just has a, like a a dump of disappointment on it now. All of it, like. You know, I can't listen to Gold Digger now be jamming to it. Because all you hear is slavery is a choice. Well, that and Kim K is my wife. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Don't do do them like that. Look, man, I I I said that jokingly, but he can marry whoever he want. But but still, she had to, I mean... Look, man, it's for itself. I ain't been explaining myself. Forget that. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> yeah, listen, to, listen to episode six if you want to hear that. What's so, what's so messy about this is like the whole expiration date concept. Just to, I'm obviously obsessed with that. It's like it depends not only on how long ago it was, how old the person was, but also like how severe a thing they said. So it's like, if you say something, if you say something, and it strikes people as like, "Oh, we just saw that person's true heart right there," like we—that's who that person actually is. That thing stays with you for a long time. Okay, so all right, OJ is obviously like the probably as far as an American personality, like the weirdest example of just. That We're totally forgiving him and moving on. <laughs> no, like, well, just he—he he would say, "I'm not black. I'm OJ." You know that's that. That is not. That is not why. That's not why people are mad at OJ. I I know, but I'm saying like that was USC, (laughs) I think, and black people still were like, no, 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 we mess with OJ, and then all this other stuff happened. Everybody still, oh, we love OJ. Then the thing happens, and then okay, of course you got two two sides now. Uh, And then he kept doing things that will like ruin the the goodwill with people. And once he he's gotten out of prison now. Um, I don't have have people forgiven him. I don't know. Um, well, not I mean, not 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 for the the criminal act. I feel like I'm not. I'm not. I feel like I'm not black. I'm OJ. I don't feel like I ever heard about that until that documentary came out a year or two ago. That great documentary. Oh, and yeah. I feel like the whole time during the trial, I never heard that. Was that was that like well known during the trial? I'm too young to say that that was definitely a well-known thing. I can tell you that, you know, and I don't know how revisionist this is. I know if you speak to black people who are in my parents' generation, they would say that, you know, that didn't ruin his his uh, reputation with black people. Um, his hood credentials were totally unknown to people for the most part. But, you know, I think... He was considered like because you got to remember like back then it wasn't like there were the black athlete as it exists today was not a thing. Um, 
but being able to play the part, be uh, like this magnanimous figure who was corporate and clean and seen almost as one of the good ones, truly one of the good mm-hmm. ones to people, made them feel comfortable, even though he's this big, hulking man. Like that, he's the first of that kind. Like he's the kind of dude that allowed Magic Johnson to, to eventually become what he became. Like he set that foundation um, to have like a black athletic corporate guy who's going to, you know, be a good businessman. He's not going to say crazy stuff. He's well-spoken. Uh, he, he wants to not just do basketball. He wants to do Hollywood. You know, he, he, had, he his main ambition is really acting, you know, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. That's what everyone is now. Everyone's trying to be OJ. Hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to like cool it down on the social, like OJ won't talk about social stuff. People talk about how outspoken, people like LeBron are, and I don't think they're very outspoken at all. I mean, they do a lot of good charity work, but I don't think calling, you know, the president a bum counts as I mean, social activism. Because Trayvon, not Trayvon, excuse me, uh, Tamir Rice happened while he was playing in Cleveland. The statement he made about Trayvon, though, in Miami, though, was a big deal. I think so. The, hoodie, the uh, hoodie's up? The, the hoodie's up was its own thing, but I think the Tamir Rice thing, um, I don't know why he didn't speak up to that. I don't know if it's because, you know, I mean, he was pretty much the only superstar there. I mean, he had, you know, some other people to back him. He also had Pat, Pat Riley there. There's some other people. I mean, he's not the figure in Miami. Uh, in Cleveland, he is. And I don't know if that plays a part or not, but I don't think we could, like, look, athletes are going to put their brands first. And I get that. And I'm not begrudging anybody for that. But part of that model is an OJ model. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, you know, keep keep it clean, keep it cut, all of that. Try to keep mistakes in your past as limited as possible. You don't want no stupid stuff coming back on you. Um, don't kill anybody. <laughs> no killing. That's the main thing. That's the main one. Oh, Keith! I, I hate every time we talk about athletes. You just be like, I don't know what the hell going on. I mean, I, I know I know enough about OJ and LeBron James, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of like when it when it comes to to athletes. I guess I say I understand why people think that they should say something, especially when it comes to like politics. Or social economic things, but I also think that's not what they're here for. You know, that's not what they're here for. But they're the ones for the me, platform. Yeah, and, they might have a platform, but maybe because I only view athletes as people that throw a ball around. But I don't. I guess I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's maybe it's I'm true. Just it's like actors are just people in front of a camera. Yeah, but it's it's different though to me. You know, what how I'm is that different to you? Now this might be offensive to people who are athletes, um, but <laughs> you, this not and it's not even said about all actors. But I think generally actors are usually very intellectual people, and there um, some actors are pretty well versed for the most part. I don't expect the same thing from an athlete, and I'm I, not now. now I, I, I just. I want to, this is my clarification as well. So are you saying that um, someone in the entertainment industry is likely more articulate and maybe more informed about the issues? Is that what you're getting at? I'm not really sure. And I think it's more so, not so much that they're more informed, but they might be more articulate to actually have an opinion about it. And I and I'm not saying trying to say that all athletes. I'm not trying to say they dumb or no shit like that. But I'm saying that they didn't. Their whole thing is not to strive to necessarily be intelligent per se. And I, I'm saying I get some what you're of saying, them do. But, but, but some of them I'll, do. But this, this is my thing. If I spend my whole life doing something physical, for example, and um, like rather it's football, whatever and that was my whole passion, then sometimes that's all that you really focus on. That's all that you're really passionate about. And I feel like it's it's asking a lot for those people to tell them, okay, now I want you, you, you know, you made all these millions, and because you're black, you're expected to stand in front of these people and 
articulate your ideas and concepts about well, a particular issue. So, so you know this because I know you've heard it, 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 you know, at your house too. Being black and doing anything, first off, people expect you to go out of your way to be excellent at it because you'll hear from all family, all friends, all whatever, mm-hmm. that you got to be twice as good as the other person who ain't black to have a job, number one. And then on top of that, you got to continue to, like, if, if you slagging off or looking like a lazy bum, then people take that as a wider representation of something. So in general, once you once you have a certain amount of success, like it's not even just simply by having a platform where people really do have expectations that you're gonna do something in a way that's not. And Tim, you can feel free to correct me here, but I feel like there's not that expectation of you've been excellent, therefore you must you have to bring people with you, kind of thing. Oh, I'm fully living up to not being excellent. No, I mean there's that. There's that joke about like you know God grant me the confidence of a, a mediocre middle aged white male, <laughs> like, like there's there's truth to it. I mean, as a middle aged mediocre white male, I mean I can go through I can go through life without thinking about race at all if I want to. A lot of the time, where like I don't people I don't think people have like as many sets of stereotypes projected on me as a middle-aged white male it's like oh you're just like i don't know invisible if anything it's just it's people because it's we see so many of us on tv and things like that it's almost like a de facto or a neutral um but but people have all these stereotypes i mean my friend when my friend juan lived in pittsburgh and was like one of the only one of the only latino people he knew at least in pittsburgh people would just like anything he did I mean, at first they didn't know what he was. Like people asked him if he was Hindu and stuff like that because they just didn't see that many people uh, who looked like him. And he was constantly having to like correct them or explain things. And he's like the you know nicest, friendliest dude in the world, and is like so patient with people. But he would just have to like deal with whatever weird stereotypes they had. And I'd, I that never happened to me in Pittsburgh. People were never like, wait a minute. Can you explain, do all white people like puzzles or is it just you? <laughs> you know what happens to me sometimes though? I said, this is not, it's not really related, but sometimes I find myself on Twitter and, and I follow all kinds of people. So it's not like I know what's going to be on my feed when I get there. And one day, I said one day, yesterday, I'm on my feed and white people just be into the weirdest shit. I just don't be getting it. I saw mayonnaise <laughs> ice cream. Who? Uh, mayonnaise flavored ice cream and I just felt like like I was like I know white people like mayo but that much that sounds like a cartoon of white people that sounds like a a racist cartoon of white people (laughs) I was like wait a minute am I tripping was it vanilla was it vanilla mayonnaise ice cream it looked like no it wasn't vanilla mayo it was just mayo but it looked like vanilla that sounds disgusting. Dude, that shit was weird. The only thing on, I be, ever, on behalf of the whites, I condemn this. <laughs> well, the only, Who are you gonna say? The thing I've ever wondered about white people is do they actually use their dining room table? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Actually, I don't think this is a cultural thing. I think no one uses their dining room table. But I be. But when you watch TV, they always use it. And then, no, like, but so, now are you talking about dining room table? I'm talking about like table? the the dining room table. No like everybody it. eats at the no kitchen one table. One but I'm saying like when people come from out of town to eat, that's about it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about like like on like on for dinner. Are they actually? Are there white like families in America tonight? that's literally sitting at a dinner table as we speak, having dinner you, with a candlelight? <laughs> I, I would love to crack this in every home because like, you watch sitcoms yeah. and stuff and the family sits down at the dinner table and like, can you pass the salt, mom? And stuff like that. And it's like my family had dinner at the table Thanksgiving and maybe Christmas. I know people who have, like, okay, like, my wife's family does. Not every single night, but, like, they do it, 
you know, when I'm over a decent amount. Okay, um, when they do it, one other thing. When they do it, do the men wear, like, jackets and shit? Like, blazers? No. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, we, but we ain't coming over <laughs> only on holidays. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. over, you know, every every so often anyway. So, like, I mean, we'll just eat together what we got on. You know, and then when it's a holiday, or maybe, you know, I mean, it ain't got to be a holiday, but, you know, for whatever reason, you might be coming off work, whatever. You know, you might be a little more um, than just casual, but... Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, I ate at the table every now and then with my mom um, and my dad. But the, I'm trying to think, like, I know families that every single night, no matter what, if it's dinner time, y'all got to eat at the table. You know, they turn the TV off and, you know, they, you know, communicate a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm going to do that when, whenever I have a family. I think that would be nice. I was, uh, somebody was over at my apartment and they saw my um, dining room table and I got like like a setting, like play sets and like a bowl and chopsticks and stuff. They was like, oh, do chopsticks? You eat? Yeah, it's... it's it, you How you checking it. people by not eating at the dinner table? You got chopsticks. So anyway, I got I got like a setup. It's a setup. Oh, okay. Right. And then they were like, oh, so you eat dinner at the dinner table? I'm like, what? <laughs> who the fuck eat dinner I, at the dinner table? <laughs> I, I agree. I love the concept. Like, I def, it it feels right, but it might only feel right because I saw it on TV growing up exactly. my entire life. And it made me think, like, do people really eat at the dinner table? <laughs> yeah, the In table the dining setting. Room, do, they, do you eat at the dining room? That's the question. But anyway, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I think we got a little bit off on them. Yeah, we did. But you know what? This is a good place to, to, yeah, the, to stop. The subject is offensive tweets. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about mayonnaise flavored ice cream and whether you eat it at the dinner table. I think we just Abs- wanted to absolutely not. Bit. I think we just wanted to breathe. We, we had enough of all this stress. We, you know, like it, it's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think uh, ending at you know diner diner we're not we're not gonna read our 10 previous our 10 first tweets oh you're right i forgot i forgot thank you thank you i just want to hear yours on task man keeping us on task uh uh oh i lost mine i lost my tab i had it i'll I'll start mine are garbage all right (laughs) the only reason the only reason i got on twitter is i got a book published uh, 11 years ago, eight, 10 years ago. Right. And my friend Eric Stoyer, God bless him, was like, you need to get on Twitter to promote this. Mm-hmm. So um, he helped me put together a soundtrack for the book. And so my first tweet ever was, the amazing Eagle and Talon on 90210 tonight and on my book soundtrack. So this is the big time. So what I was trying to do is the fact that one of the groups that was on the one of the groups that was on the book soundtrack was also on the reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. And so I was trying to like piggyback on 90210 by and direct people to mine. This was a bad call to action, basically. That was a bad tweet. Yeah. The next the next tweet was also a bad tweet. It was promoting my friend's movie, which is no longer online. The next thing was an obit I wrote for Dom DeLuise. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. The next thing was my score on a Twin Peaks trivia contest. Nice. The next Dad was shade. <laughs> <laughs> the next was a real diss of Oliver Stone's Alexander. I said, Alexander is not a good movie, but I'm really enjoying it. There's something magical about Jared Leto outacting Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I feel bad about I feel bad about that tweet. I love Anthony Hopkins. I feel very bad about that. Then I said, FYI, most of the things posted here are actually written by my lady friend, especially if they are in poor taste or offensive. Thanks <laughs> at DDN. Um, she does do, she does do a thing where she likes to like post on my social media things that are horrible because she thinks it's <laughs> funny. I think it's funny too. Yeah, it's really good. Then I uh, then I was happy that a restaurant called Burritoville that used to be in New York had opened had reopened three locations. Burritoville made incredible incredible burritos and then they closed i don't know if they're back but i was sad and then i posted that this was upsetting out of context it was i believe my first retweet my lady friend who later became my wife um tweeted to my little brother do you have white pants preferably harem style i can handle the hat and vest (laughs) why did you retweet that why did that make me think of aladdin 
But the reason was, what it was, was that she was making everybody Halloween costumes that year, and she was trying to make him a Super Mario costume. What? Oh my god. She made him an amazing Super Mario Brothers costume. That's pretty No, cool. it wasn't Super Mario, it was actually um, one of the toadstools, so he had to wear oh, white, dude. white baggy pants, mm-hmm. she gave him a vest, and well, she made him a toadstool hat, which was amazing, and we still have some more. That's pretty great. Yeah. You always actually, you always have a lot of personality. I like that. <laughs> like, like, you know, we, oh my god, I'm so bad. I'm so, oh my god, I'm just now reading them. Oh my god, these are horrible tweets. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read them in order. The funny thing is, I only tweeted ten, ten times between July 30th, 2011, which is when it started, and uh, October 2011. So here we go. Uh, so I don't even, I'm just reading them in order. That's first tweet. I don't even know how to put stuff on walls yet. This is a bit pitiful. I didn't even type it right. Um, then apparently I made another account, um, and I tweeted to it, oh, and there's a typo, sigh. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I, re- I replied to the last tweet and said that. Um, then to uh, Yoshiro Ono, who is the producer for um, some games uh, at Capcom, like Street Fighter, said lots of f- fans appreciate that you listen to feedback. You always have my dollar. Oh, Dude, that's cool. Aren't you like the second best Street Fighter? Aren't you officially the second best Street Fighter player in the country? Yes, officially I am. Yes. Um, I like I like tweets that are old that show you like this is who you always have been. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of weird. Um I and I wish I was that good, but uh Yeah, I mean it's it's clearly here. Um then I tweeted to Bill Simmons, that mustache is boss. Also, why is the word <laughs> composed of must and ache? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, then I tweeted to J. Cole, pre-ordered your album on Amazon a few minutes ago. Thanks for your heart, for your music. Uh, I've been putting folks on the newness. Word is bond. Man, whack. All right. Um, Dude, that's true, too, because very early after I met you, you were like, check out J. Cole. Yeah, so maybe maybe it was uh, it was good. Uh, Consistency. Then I tweeted to somebody. I don't remember who this is. Uh, well, I hope all is well with you. Then another tweet to them. I'm good. Just trying to write creatively again. What you been up to? Uh, I guess I didn't know DMs existed. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, to Bill Simmons again, sports in general are putting me off with labor issues and pretending to care for amateur athletes' future. What am I responding to? It doesn't even show it's so old. It doesn't even have a reply connected. Um, then the last thing is I shared a story uh, from Grantland. It shows y'all what this is. Uh, called the Visible Man by Chuck Klosterman. Uh, so it was it was a uh, an excerpt of his book, The Visible Man, that I shared there. So those are my first uh, my first ten tweets. Those are good tweets. Man, they're whack. Man. I know, I like we're both so harsh on our old selves. Like, yeah, that's terrible. I just I I feel like I've learned nothing since that time. I feel like my tweets now are every bit as ridiculous as my first ones. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I don't tweet much now. I'm gonna be uh, doing a lot more of it coming up because of a project that I'll be talking about on my timeline soon. So, uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, that that's a good place to close. Uh, we went a lot longer than we meant to, so we chopping this bad boy down quite a bit. But uh, <laughs> but we'll keep a lot of the good stuff in, man. I feel like this is a really good conversation. It went all over the place, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not that embarrassed. I'm sure if, if you, you know, typed in the search for my tag and uh a bunch of cuss words, you'll find some, but nah, it's not too, <laughs> not too bad at all. I'm gonna delete my tweet to National Geographic right now. Okay, good job. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Keith, you got anything you wanna close us out with? No, I ain't got nothing. I don't have no tweets. <laughs> so, You're a proud uh, ass one. Yeah, smart I, man, you know, dude. I just, I, I just never just got into it, so you know. But hey, um, hey but uh, today is the day, and thanks to you, people like you, Keith, who've deleted your profiles from Facebook and not being active anymore. 
Facebook has lost more on its stock than any company ever today. Wow. Really? Any oh, company ever? They lost a yeah, they lost a hundred billion dollars today. Yeah. Wow. Hundred billion dollars. Good lord, that's a lot of money. Good lord, that's a lot that, of money. I was using that Facebook stock to pay for my future children's food and clothing. Oh, oh well. Hey, but you know, are you if you go ahead and get it while it's down, it's gonna go back up. Uh, maybe. Is. Well, it depends on some of the political stuff that's gonna happen that we are not covering here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we we ain't doing that. Um, unless you know, we're not anyway, doing it. Yeah, right, let's just so, go ahead and close out. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I uh, hope you guys had a good time. Please, if you made this far, you know you enjoyed yourself. Please give us um, a five star review. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Uh, also. Uh, Definitely check out Tim's other podcast. Um, oh, shoot this now. Jeez, I was like, what? what is the name? The name? Definitely check out Keith and Aaron's other podcast, Meanwhile in the Multiverse. Boom, guys. Yes, please join us, man. We have fun on those joints, too. Um, and they offer totally different flavors. Uh, so, yeah, I, and the flavors will not include mayonnaise ice cream. Disgusting. All right. <laughs> so we are here. But I am going to order some. I have to know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not what's up. It's going to melt. I'm going to sacrifice for everybody. I have to know. That sounds terrible. I'll it's look about, for it. If I don't make it back, I'll let you guys know. Well, you'll, you'll, if, if I'm not available. Just out, of curi- uh, just out of curiosity, which part of Brooklyn was it from? <laughs> probably at this point. I mean, it's <laughs> taking over every damn where Probably Bushwick, but I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. All right guys, we'll we'll catch y'all on the next one. See you in New York. All right. All right, peace. I'll jump. See y'all later.